a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscerned. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talked to a young woman living in the Northeast. Looks like a pretty stable situation. She's 27. She wants to possibly buy a house. We want to know if she's ready to do so, whether her student loans will get in the way. And uh, it's a pretty good situation. It's so good that we would say, it's so Raven. And it's Raven joined us on the show. Raven, I am so glad you picked the fake name Raven, because who doesn't love Raven? I certainly do. Oh, she's wonderful. Okay, so Raven, you're 20. Give us the lowdown. What's going on in your life? Um, Okay, well, I have been at my job for about a year. Um, I finally got a full-time job a couple years ago. And um, right now... I'm considering buying a house in like a year, year and a half. Um, My uh, family member is going to give me the down payment for it, but I live in a state with a lot of, with very high property taxes, and it's not, it's kind of an impediment to it for me because I don't make a ton of money. I make 45 grand a year, and I also have student loans, and they kind of might impede on my cash flow, I feel like, if I do buy a house. I would just like to say, and this sounds really condescending, but anytime you disclaim something is not condescending, I think it still is condescending, but it's not meant to be. Excellent use of impediment. Like, no one ever uses that word. It's a fantastic word. I'm a writer. These are the ways I think. Okay, so um, let's get into this here. What's the stability on a scale of 1 to 10 of your current job? 10 being you will work there for 45 years. uh, 1 being you're currently looking for another job. I'm not looking for a job now, nor in the immediate future, but, and I like what I do, and there's, I'm I'm kind of grandfathered in at this point, like uh, the equivalent of civil service, but, so I can live, I can work there until I'm dead, but. Wow, that got, I this got dark, until you're dead. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, um, I really, like I said, I really like it, but the career upward mobility isn't tremendous like if i do get a promotion to the next level it would only be maybe five grand more a year i don't know if it's worth the extra effort for that and i would like to make more money at some point because i would eventually you know hopefully have a family and i feel like it would be hard to support a family even if my husband needs significantly more money and is there a husband or is that just a sort of a hypothetical husband no that's that's a hypothetical I'm, i'm single right now i too have a hypothetical husband i just wanted to put that out there um, so, all right, let's think about this for a second. So there's not a lot of wage growth within the position you're in. No. That's a bad thing, right? I mean, if, if we're looking, there, there's a lot of good and we're going to get to the good. I don't know why I started with a bad thing, but that is not a great thing. Um, no. because as cost of living increases, um, even as a homeowner, you're really concerned about property taxes. Do you know the worst thing about property taxes is they constant, it's not how high they are now. It's how high they're going to be next year and the year after that. So what concerns me in this situation right off the bat is if you don't have a lot of wage growth and your property taxes consistently go up, you're getting squeezed big time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was a fear of mine too, especially because the property taxes where I live go up, not insignificantly, every year. Are you renting right now? 
Uh, I live with my parents, so I'm not paying rent right now. Okay, so that explains a lot to me in a very good way, right? Because I think, I looked at your situation, you've got $34,000 in savings at age 27. Yeah. And like boring savings, and you've got 18 grand in a Roth IRA. Um, and, and that is a byproduct, I assume, of saving a lot of money living with your parents over the last few years? Yeah, I finished grad school point four, so I've been chucking it away the last three. The price range you're looking at is $110,000 or so. Is that right? $110,000 to $130,000? Yeah, yeah, about that. And uh, my plan was to get a roommate, but of course, that would depend on a lot of factors. Yeah, so help me understand, 110 to 130,000, some of our listeners listening in some really, really, really expensive areas are like, oh, is it a shed? And then others of our listeners who, who, who can, you know you can get a 110, $130,000 place and it's, it's decent. Is that getting you into the bottom of a market there? Where does that find you in the area of which you live? You can get an okay two-bedroom condo from like the 80s-ish around my area. I'm in the large metro area, but I'm not... It's not one of the more expensive areas necessarily because it's near a populated city, but it's not in the populated city. And I work in more rural areas, so that uh, limits it quite a bit. How uh, how long have the condos that you're considering? How long have they been? Uh, uh, how long have they existed? When were they built? So eighties, uh, seventies is a few developments I'm looking at, but um, a rel- the same relative who's doing a down payment was a real estate agent in the area, so she knows all about all the particular properties and has recommended certain ones to me for the particular ones she recommended were built in the 80s. You know, what's interesting, when I... Do you want me to use some old guy phrases on you? Because that's where I'm about to go. Sure. Sure. When, when I was your age, I also lived in a condo. Frank lives in a condo. Uh, Frank being Nicole. Um, you want to live in a... What is it about this age that, that gets people into condos? And here's what I regret about living in my condo. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm uh, curious as Nicole regrets the same thing. The condo, the homeowners association fee, the condo fee stinks and it just goes up and up and up. Do you happen to know what the condo fees are in that area? In the particular one I was looking at, the complex, it was about 150 a month, but that also put me off of it too because that's a lot in my budget. Um, because of what my take-home pay is. You also have some uh, student loans, $19,000 yeah. in federal student loans. They're broken down into smaller yeah. loans. Average rate's 3.5%. You graduated with 55000 so you've been hammering these things. Yeah, also I inherited some money when I graduated, so I put it all on the loans. Nice. Well, I mean, sorry about your loss, but I'm also not sorry about the loss of your, your, your debt. Um Man, this is an interesting one, Raven, because at first I was like, yeah, this is the perfect candidate to buy a, a place right now. Are you getting sick of living with your parents? Uh, I don't like not get along with them, but it's kind of impeding my social life a bit. So, um, that, so yes and no. I could do it for another year or year and a half until I found the right property easily, but I don't want to do it until I'm 30. Has the, the housing market in your area started to slow down a little bit, or is it still ripping? You know, honestly, um, it did pick up after the recession, but I, it's never it's never rebounded from what the pre-recession levels were. Oh, huh, interesting. So, yeah, and all the condos at least, and the little houses I'm looking at. I mean, that price point, 110 to 130, two things happen. It either 
flies up and it's worth 250 before you know it because it becomes really valuable property based on a, geogra- a geographic location or it's always 110 to 130 and you're never going to make a lot of appreciation uh, profit on that. W- what do you think? Have, have they always been around 110, 130? Yeah, they're not going to go up a lot. Maybe okay. your standard inflation rate a year, just based on what I've watched a lot because I've been watching it the last two years and it's not going to go up to 250. Okay, so this tells me something really important. What we're doing, it is not an investment. And and as you think about it, hopefully you're not thinking about, well, this is an investment because it's not an investment because it's not really going to appreciate it. Have you thought about it in those terms? Yes, I don't really consider it an investment. The thing is, the idea of renting isn't really great to me because I would not be able to get the equivalent property for rental. A rental here would be about twelve. $1,400 a month for the same property, which is why I'm thinking of buying versus the renting. Do you have a car payment? No, uh, my car's paid off. Man, here, all right. so I think you should buy a house. I really do. I, I think not every 27-year-old should do that. Not every 27-year-old with twenty-seven or 34000 in savings should do that. Um, I don't think your student loans should prevent you from doing that. I don't think you should wait until they're paid off to, to buy the house. I think your very unique situation is this. You got to get out of your parents' house. To rent isn't a step backwards necessarily, but it, you'd be putting yourself in that situation when you really wouldn't have to. I guess what scares me is the condo fee and the property taxes in relation to your stagnant wages. That sort of scares me. You know what I mean? Would would a good yeah I understand totally that was a similar concern of mine. Would a good alternative be just to, just to um, try to find a really cheap house as just take a longer time to find it because I don't mind waiting a bit because I'm not in a super rush to move out. Yeah, you know, a time in situations like this, especially if the market, the housing market, isn't ripping hot, time is a good thing. Now, there's a couple things to consider there. Number one, yes, housing prices may come down if the economy tightens a little bit, but then interest rates arguably will continue to rise a little bit too, so it'll get it'll get more expensive. But the hundred to one hundred thirty thousand dollar price point, it's not a super significant amount um, where you'd have to worry about the interest. You know what I mean? Um, I love the idea of making a roommate a part of this strategy. I think that is a huge thing because it'll allow you to bank more money, uh, even try to pay off the, the mortgage more aggressively or your student loans more aggressively. Uh, Raven, how long do you think you'd live at this property? I don't I don't think I've asked that question yet. So it's nice that even if I do um, leave my job, it's kind of midway between the large city I'm near and where my current job is. So I would be within a half an hour commute of a lot of opportunities if I, if I wanted to change uh, that job in the future. So that, that that is a way to say you could live in this house and you would be happy to live in this house for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I I think you'd do it, but I think I would try to stay away from the condo fees. I, I, now, here's the thing. Condo fees, you know, they make it easier. You don't have to shovel your snow. Uh, you know, you don't have to do, pick up your leaves and do these sorts of things and deal with your trash, but... I don't know. I would thoroughly vet the idea of just getting a single family home as opposed to a, a condo. Um, I just see a lot of 20 somethings really make a mistake in getting a condo. And, and then any chance that they had an appreciation sort of goes away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think you should buy a house. I, I don't know if it's today. You know, it's like get off the phone and call your realtor and say, I got the blessing. No, but 
Are you, are you thinking spring, or are you thinking next year? What are you thinking? I was thinking uh, spring of 2020. Spring of 2020? Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. even better. So you could be out of student loan debt by then. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could, actually. I didn't know whether I should just, like, write a check and pay them off, but that would leave me with tons of savings. I'd be under, like, I'd be at, like, 16 or 17 grand. Um, if I should wait maybe six months and write a check, if I should do it as I go along, what would you recommend? Well, you are paying 3.5% interest, and I, I know you said the 34000 is in high-yield savings, but I'm guessing it's not yielding more than 3.5%. Uh, no, it's 225 That's not bad, but I, I would... I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I get a student loan interest deduction, so when you factor all that in, it's about the same. I like your brain. Can I say that? Is that creepy? Is that weird? <laughs> you, 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 I, sometimes when I do these calls, more than anything is I'm trying to listen to whether or not I trust someone's judgment. I trust you so much, and I want you to trust you. I want you to, to know that you make good decisions. What is the biggest financial mistake you ever made? And if you ever say something like, oh, I bought one of your books, that would be very rude. But what, what is the best or the worst financial decision that you ever made? Um, I, right out of grad school, I guess I moved into an apartment I couldn't really afford. And uh, that was before I really understood finance. Then I got another job, so I moved out of it after a couple months. So that that, uh, that cost me maybe four grand, but that was probably it. But see, even that, that's a, that's a mistake, clearly. But the fact that you fixed it so fast, again, it, it, that gives me a lot of faith in your brain. And it should give you a lot of faith in your brain, too, that you can, you can recorrect quickly. Um, you know what? I would say I'd wait six months just to see things, how they shake out with your job and the economy. I would consider stroking a check for that $19,000 in student loan debt. I really would, um, potentially. But I don't know if it really matters, even if like in the next year and a half, you aggressively try to pay that off. What are you paying a month towards your student loans? Uh, 150 That's it? 150 bucks? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of more chunk. Well, I was more... I, I paid off like seventeen grand two years ago, and after that, I decided I needed to focus more on investing and saving. So I did, and um, yeah, that that's all I've been paying. But I was planning on throwing three grand at it in January, and that'll bring it down to like fifteen five. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I, I think the other thing you need to do, let's say you're going to move in the spring of twenty twenty, is that whatever your projected mortgage payment's going to be, that exact dollar amount needs to go to something now. Okay. No, right. So let, let's, I mean, I'm going to make something up because I don't want to do the math and I'm lazy. Let's say that it's $1,000 a month, okay? You would need $1,000 a month as soon as possible going to one thing that you can stop it going uh, that way once you have the mortgage. So you train yourself mm -hmm. to not have that 1000 what do you think it would be? I mean, it could be the, I mean, it could be the student loans or you could get aggressive with retirement. You've got 18,000 bucks, which is a great start at age 27, but you could, you know, you can only do so much with a Roth IRA anyway. Right. Uh, that's, I already plan to have that. I already maxed out this year and I already plans max it out this year. I already contribute what would the, what the equivalent of the early contribution would be. Um, I'm already putting some money in a brokerage, so maybe I'll throw more money in the brokerage. Maybe I'm going to do half on student loans and half in the brokerage. Yeah, it, it, what that's fine. It just needs to truly equal a thousand bucks or whatever that that number mm -hmm. is to you. Um, and here's where people go off the rails. They'll be like, "Yeah, I could do it," but then they don't. And then when they go cold turkey to try to afford something that's a thousand dollars a month, it, it falls the hell apart. So don't do that. Um, well, right now I live on maybe 
500 a month after, I mean, when you're not including the investments, because I just buy food and buy cell phone and things like that. Yeah. This is fascinating. Fascinating, I say. Um, what other questions do you have? Um, I was wondering about life insurance. Do I need to, uh, you think at my age I need to have that? Um, I don't really get it through work. It's not uh, really an option they provide. Well, I mean, it, it is responsible for you to uh, handle your final affairs uh, in the event that you pass and in the event if. Do you like the if there? As if, uh, you know, you might be the one person that beats life. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I won. Well, I'll always be alive. I don't, have, I don't have dependents and also then disability insurance. I'm not sure about that because I, don't, I have an office job. It's not very dangerous. Well, you know, actually disability insurance is probably more important for you to have than life insurance, frankly, mm-hmm. because you're more likely to be disabled by time before you retire than you are to die before retirement age. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. But but I would say, yeah, you would probably need some nominal amount of life insurance, even if you just get a little term policy, you get a $50,000 permanent policy or like a $100,000 term policy. And then as your life develops and your relationships and those sorts of things, you just then change the beneficiaries. What else? Um, let's see. Should should I be focusing more on um, retirement investing? I have a 401k at work, but it doesn't offer a match, and the fees are pretty high. I thought the brokerage was probably just a better way to go in general. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Um, as long as it's consistent, you know, as long as you're... Um, yeah, as long as you're consistently putting money away on a monthly basis, try not to put chunks of money away. I, I think you just need to develop the muscle of monthly savings. Um, I do it weekly. It makes I I um I read that it ends up being better no, in the long term than doing monthly. You're right. No, that's even better. I mean, uh, oh, <laughs> weekly savings is definitely better than monthly savings. Um, a lot of times, people end up saving biweekly because of their paycheck. But if you're saving weekly, that's uh, that's even better. The the key is in the next eighteen months or so, just not to grow your lifestyle, which then makes it harder to move out. I mean, the worst thing mm-hmm. you can do is back yourself into a corner and not be able to move out. Right. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. I think that that answers. Yeah, pretty much all my questions. I love it. This is great. I trust you. Ten out of ten. I really. It's really good. Um, I I want updates. Can you send us updates sometime? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll send you pictures if I, if I, when I buy the house. Oh, yes. All right, so uh, happy holidays to you, and uh, best thank of you. luck. Okay, thank you very much. All right, that's it for this week's uh, Pete the Planner show. I like her. It's always weird when I get done with a guest, I'm like, I like her, because then sometime I'll, I won't say that about someone, and then everyone will be like, oh, you didn't like them. I don't know, maybe I didn't. But I like her. I like her judgment. She's smart. She's got a good brain. You know, I did, when I was 27, I didn't think that way. I know everyone used to think, oh, Pete the Planner, he was financial genius when he was three. No, I'm 41. I'm still not a financial genius, but I certainly didn't think the way she thinks when I was 27. Her challenge, though, is if you get into a government job and you can't have wage growth, no matter how good of decisions you're making, that can create issues, especially if you live in a place with high property taxes. Those are going to be her challenges. I don't want to talk to someone out of going to the job they're going to, but I would strongly consider finding a, a place that's got uh, more upward mobility with a with their income. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. That's PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Show's over. I'm going to go uh, drink some eggnog. Goodbye. 
This is for information purposes only. Do not restrict eventual planning the flights. Consult eventual divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now. You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. But there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner empire that you know nothing about until today. It's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm the chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? 